Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! Hello, lo, 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 everybody. <laughs> what was that? This is Q. It's uh, it's me being unconventional. Oh, okay. I'm M. Still conventional. Okay. <laughs> uh, not really matching with the theme of the week, which right. is quarterfinal. That's right. But also unconventional ingredients week. Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel uh, about that? Unconventional ingredients or the quarterfinal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't. I mean, the ingredients that they used that were conventional, I had no idea what they were. But I would be pretty excited if they used something like really unconventional, like if they used like steak. A... Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Still conventional. Oh. Yeah, still conventional. It would have to be like um... tin can. <laughs> like they would have to eat the tin can. Yeah. Um, I don't want them to get hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like a durian? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like really unconventional. Right, right. That's yeah. conventional in some places, though. Yeah, you're true. What's unconventional ingredient that now we can think of? Tin can. Okay. Yeah. If they used the tin can in uh, the show as one of the ingredients, I would be very impressed and also very worried. I would question some judgment. <laughs> Lots of blue tape. Yeah, lots of blue tape. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, the quarterfinal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't believe we're at episode eight. Yeah, two more to go? Yeah, two more to go. The season's only 10 episodes. So uh, I'm getting there. That's we are. Mm -hmm. There are five bakers left. Yes. Yes. Um, in the beginning, Mel and Sue kind of talked about, like, you know, the tension is rationing up. Ratcheting up? Is that is that the word? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's an unconventional word. The tension is increasing. That's easier. Yes. Um, they said this week the theme is unconventional ingredients. They're going to use ingredients uh, that are free. So it's like wheat free, dairy free. And then they say that they are not free. Mm -hmm. um, they would cost five or four pounds an hour to entertain at a party. Who would you go for? Would you go for That's Mel hard. at five pounds or Sue the undercutter at four? Uh, they're both pretty cool. I would just yeah. get them both because I looked up how much a pound was. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pretty cheap. <laughs> like they're, they're working below minimum wage here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would pound, get them both yeah. for a half hour. Instead of... <laughs> <laughs> right. What a short part. Uh, well, I guess that would be like... When you have like um, a balloon guy at a party, he's not there the whole party. He's just there for like a half mm -hmm. hour, probably more than a half hour. Right. I only need them there to introduce the, the, party? the party and then to count down the party. Like uh, okay. you know, five minutes left in the party. Five minutes. Five minute warning to the party. Yeah. <laughs> Get your parties out of the oven right now. Right. Yeah. So I would hire them. Um, I looked. I looked it up, and the conversion rate right now is one dollar and thirty-three cents. Is about a pound. 
Oh, does that mean the dollar is strong? Mm, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't either. It could be the pound is strong. Hmm. But, uh, seems no, like a bargain. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a bargain. It's cheaper than... Um, it's probably illegal for us to do this. Because oh. of how cheap it is. <laughs> we're, not, we're not abiding by labor laws or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're not free. But um, mm. definitely cheap. Let's get into the sign uh, signature bake time. Inexpensive. inexpensive. Yeah, inexpensive. I wouldn't say yeah. cheap. They're inexpensive. <laughs> they're definitely worth the price because, yeah, they're high quality. Right. High quality. Moving on. Moving on. Um, signature bake. Yes. So for the signature challenger, for the signature challenge, the bakers are challenged to bake a bowl that does not use traditional wheat flours. Mm -hmm. Instead, they must use flours such as spelt, rye, potato, or tapioca. Mm. Um, they get three hours. So like they introduce the challenge like that, but then like four out of five bakers them automatically say, "We're just gonna use spelt." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't think anyone uses a tapioca or um, rye. What did, what did not, Christine use? Not rye. She used. What did she use? Oh, she did use tapioca. Sorry. Oh, she used tapioca. She, she used tapioca, rice, and potato. Oh wow. Okay, the other ones are boring. They all use the uh, spelt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul kind of explains that uh, each of these ingredients have different gluten levels. Uh, gluten is what kind of binds the bread together, mm -hmm. and the bread will react differently to the different types of uh, ingredients. Gluten. So yeah, gluten. -y. If different like proving times, different baking times, all that jazz. And yeah, four users or four bakers use salt. Um, it's a whole grain, and it's a nutty alternative to wheat. And uh, I think at one point, Sue says the spelt version of something is, or the spelt version of, oh, this is the funny part I just going to mention right now. She mm -hmm. says, there's five minutes in the spelt challenge. <laughs> yes. And that spelt out is F-I-V-E-M-I-N-U-T-E-S or something. That was, that was pretty funny. That was good. Yes. Yes. And accurate. And accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Almost inaccurate for me. Almost. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's go over Becca. So Becca is making potato spelt and rosemary focaccia. Um, I've actually had focaccia, so I know what this is this time. Wait, did you have it with spelt and potato? Uh, no, I just had regular focaccia. <laughs> mm. But uh, she said the potatoes add kind of like a starch, and um, it's a savory, a savory kind of like bake. Yes. Which, uh, her and Kimberly are the only ones doing savory bakes. I so like it looks savory. Like, yeah, I'm into the savory. Mm -hmm. um, Becca's kind of musical during this uh, episode. Did you notice oh, that? I did. She had a song moment where she's saying, uh, I'm coming out. <laughs> I want the world to know. I've got to let it show. Something like that. That's how the song goes. But, also um, very accurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I guess she's used salt and potato, which are two unconventional ingredients, uh, which mm -hmm. is good on Becca. Uh, during judging, the judges said that her focaccia had a nice color. Um, Paul said it was pretty good. Uh, Mary was a lot more enthusiastic. She said it was scrummy. Um, and then Paul mentions that the potato broke up the spout nicely. 
and uh, it was a very good focaccia. After this, she's kind of like excited that she got a good like judging. She says she's off to a brilliant start. Mm -hmm. All right. So next we have our grandmother Christine, and she made a multi-seeded loaf with pumpkin, sesame, and sunflower seeds. So we're talking completely wheat-free and gluten-free flour. That is a mixture of tapioca, rice, potato flour, and tin can. <laughs> wow, that is unconventional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm into it. Give okay. me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no tin can. Okay. But anyway, so she hasn't made one of these before. She did something kind of smart and different that something I would probably expect Kimberly to do because she's such a planner. But she went to see the baker at our local mill and took a clunk of it for him to, <laughs> to take a look at it. And he said that it looked just like it should. So that was a good idea, I think, right? Yeah, she did some legwork. Yeah. So hers was a little bit different. She used a balloon whisk because you couldn't knead it. The, the dough was like really wet. Like, mm -hmm. did you notice it was pretty liquidy? Yep. Yeah. So unfortunately, though, when she was removing it from the pan, it stuck and she had to reassemble it yeah yeah and it was not a good look not a good look yeah how do we know because during judging paul says it's a mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so he said that the bake was pretty good uh he likes the way that she put the seeds on the top and the structure was nice i think the structure of the loaf not necessarily the like the consistency of the loaf not the actual structure because we know that that was a little bit off yeah Mary liked the seeds. They looked evenly. They're distributed nicely in the middle. Overall, good flavor, good texture. Uh, Mary likes the crust. And Paul did say it's a tricky thing to do, but well done. So I thought it was pretty favorable considering she had a little bit of a mishap. I got mixed messages from this judging. Yeah, it was tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because later when they kind of like, um, like go back to the signature and her performance, they mm -hmm. say that it's not good later. I don't know. I so that's, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, maybe not good in comparison to everybody else. I don't know. Right. Cause, yeah, we'll talk about that. Because <laughs> I thought it was fairly decent praise. I mean, she really just had the one mishap, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. But I mean, it's a mess. It's not a good way to start off the, the judging. No, no. It's rustic. Okay. Rustic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we have Francis, and Francis is making a Chelsea Flower Show Bun Bouquet, um, which contains spelts, orange zest, honeycomb, and bees. Or um, there, were, there were an actual bees in it, just like the design. That's had unconventional. Bees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, the design had bees in it. So it was like a very bees and honeycomb kind of a uh, Chelsea Bun like bouquet, which is a. Uh, very up like you know francis's alley her being the the structure what was it was it a substance over style baker or sty style over substance baker that's what uh, she's been labeled as so far right uh francis tells us that she has a friend who is allergic to wheat and uh they often have to bake uh, non-wheat things for her so thanks to her friend for giving her like kind of an advantage she's done this before um yeah, and we also noticed that while Frances is making her Chelsea bun bouquet, she has a very color-coordinated co and a very neat workstation. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I like her workstation. Um, it's the opposite of like Ruby's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to call her out, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, during judging, the judges said that her style is amazing, which uh, it looked like a very good Chelsea bun bouquet with a honeycomb and bee element. They said it was a good bake, full of flavor. Um, the oranges and the apricots uh, mixed in nicely. Paul says it was very good. However, it needed a little bit more proving. Um, the zest might have hindered the, 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 the dough like developing. Mm. But overall, good bake. Yeah, you got to love a good tear and share, right? Yeah, tear and share. Yeah. Although if it was just me, I would just tear and... The keep and weep. Sure. Yeah, keep Didn't and weep. Sue call it the keep and weep keep one. And weep. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Keep and weep. It's something like that, right? Yep. Okay, so next up is our psychologist Kimberly, and she made a wild garlic pesto and Parma ham spelt loaf. It was a carone, and she used plain and wholemeal spelt. Mm. So she told us that she likes a loaf that looks good on the inside. And she was taking a risk as the only baker filling her dough before proving. It was really nice on the inside, yep. at least visually, right? Mm -hmm. So she comments that her boyfriend and sister are her most reliable testers. And her sister comes over and sees what's cooking in the kitchen all the time. So her process was really complex. Once she had it out, she like split it, she braided it, and then she curled it up into a tin. Right? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot to it when she was putting it all together. During judges, Mary said, when you put Parma ham in, in bread, it becomes crispy and hard. This will have softened and I hope added some really good flavor. So I, I, I wasn't sure exactly what Mary was saying. Yeah, like, it, it, that went over my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it seemed contradicting like a little bit. Like when you put the ham in, it becomes hard. But then she said, this will have softened. Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. And yeah. so Paul said, <laughs> let's move on to Paul, who's a little more basic, I guess. Paul loves the flavor. But since there was so much filling, and it's wholemeal, and it's cut all these processes, and it's twisted, it's got nowhere to go, and the texture is all wrong. Mm -hmm. And he said it was too dry inside, which Kimberly thought was really surprising. You could tell by her face. That yeah. she was because she was like dry. Oh, okay. So, did the Parma ham become crispy and hard? I still don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like the judging, it was actually like, I, I feel like it was a lot longer. And then the editors had to like edit the judging into like, I don't know. Things that didn't make sense. Yeah, like 20% of like whatever it was. And then they just hit on all the notes. Right. But we missed the transitions. <laughs> yeah. so we just like, got like notes but no like no flow yeah i was like huh okay <laughs> so it seemed not great yeah right okay. that's the impression i got okay uh next we have young ruby uh ruby is making mango and nigella seed spelt cob she describes it as mango chutney in a bread which uh i like mango chutney have you had mango chutney i have not i have not very flavorful what does it taste like? Mango? Um, Chutney is kind of like a rough jam, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like almost savory. Mm. Like um, savory mango jam, I guess. Sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's very good. 
Um, and hers looked good. Uh, Ruby uh, tells us that she has built up a stress tolerance from being on the show for seven episodes. So she's mm -hmm. starting to have more confidence in herself, which is good. During judging, the judges say that her stealth comp has a nice crust on top. Um, and like when they're cutting into it, Ruby seemed like kind of scared. She's like, oh my gosh, it's horrible when they actually cut into it. That's and, classic uh, Ruby. Classic Ruby, right? Where she <laughs> she tells the judges that it's terrible before they get the chance to actually tell her it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess this time it wasn't that great on the inside. Paul said it was underproved on the inside and underbaked on the inside, which is, uh, maybe, maybe Ruby was, uh, maybe she did say that it was bad this time. Right. Um, Mary is a little bit more positive. She says that it had good flavor and it's a winner for flavor, which is a very, you know, glass half full kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Ruby looks upset at um, the turnout of this uh, signature challenge. Yes. Yeah. The one time she exuded a little bit of confidence. Yeah, that's true. And it backfired. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now show her. <laughs> <laughs> Now she'll never have confidence. Way to go, judges. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I think the judges' this episode, we'll touch on it, but they were uh, they were pretty ruthless. Yeah, they were. I mean, I guess because it's coming down to the end, they have yeah. to be. Because everyone's fairly good, right? Yeah, everyone's pretty solid, and they have to be, like, picky. Right. Yeah. Because then they, when they send someone home, they don't want them to be blindsided. But we will go over that. <laughs> <laughs> on to the technical so yes. this time we have another one of mary's recipes it is a gluten-free french classic the hazelnut how do you pronounce it the quoi the what the quoi <laughs> is it the quoi i think you're right i think you're the right quoi's. yeah that's it the that's it quoi's. yeah anyway that <laughs> They have two hours and 45 minutes to make it. So this is a dessert cake originating from the town of Dax in southwest France. Yeah, that's where uh, Dax Shepherd was born. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks kind of like a crown to me. I don't know, like a crown shape. They look kind of like a crown to you. No? All right. Yeah, anyway, it looks like a crown. so Mary describes <laughs> it as a French classic of three layers of meringue with hazelnuts in the meringue mixture. So mm -hmm. she gives off some keys. If they roast them and they're too dark, they'll be bitter. And if they chop them too finely, it releases too much oil and the meringue will go runny. Yep. So some pointers there that the bakers don't get to hear, but we do. <laughs> and then Paul chimes in with, there's several ways that could go wrong uh, with the meringue itself, the construction, you have to keep it nice and level. And then they have on top of the failures are 12 ganache pipe swirls and then on top of that are pralines which are three nuts in a cluster so there's quite a few steps to each piece right yes there there's a lot of room for error yeah so uh, i'm gonna go over the bottom three mm -hmm. um so unfortunately christine is last place she's fifth place uh fifth out of five um, she had some problems with her corn flour. She, she, she put it in incorrectly in the, I think something like that. Yeah, her meringue was really thin. Yeah, 
Like it was um, heavy rain, yeah. And heavy rain also didn't crisp in the oven. It didn't have that crisp to it. Uh, the judges said it was uneven. Yeah, it was runny. Uh, the layers were too thin. It was too chewy. It, it wasn't in the oven long enough. And it was untidy. So pretty harsh to... Harsh technical judging by the, the judges on Christine here. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Becca at fourth place. Um, Becca, in the beginning, I thought she would do okay because she was like, I know what this is. Um, I've eaten it before. So I was like, okay, she has an idea about what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that she does differently from everybody else is that she makes her ganache like, first and kind of quickly. And, she, and then she uses it pretty quickly. It's just kind of like an error. Because uh, Paul said that it hasn't had enough time to cool, and it needs to be left longer. Um, her her cream was also too wet, so they had uh, Becca's had structural issues, structural issues that they didn't like. Mm-hmm. They had the qua, the qua. That's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and surprisingly, Francis is third place. I always thought Francis did pretty well in these, but at third place, right in the middle, Francis. In the beginning, she said she was concerned about timing. And she's never done uh, nuts in a meringue before, or in a meringue custard. So she was kind of worried about that. The judges said that her the quoi was not crispy. However, the filling was good. The ganache was good. However, the meringue was too runny. So she got some of the elements with the filling and the ganache. But the meringue and the, the mm-hmm. actual uh, the custard, or the crisp of it was not good. Mm-hmm. So that's our uh, bottom three of the technical. I just want to add that Mary liked that she had coarse nuts. Oh yeah, I mean, to give it that, better texture. We know Mary likes large nuts. Yeah, you never chop your nuts too finely with Mary. She likes yeah. them chunky. Yeah. I bet you she wants her peanut butter chunky. Right. I bet good money not, on that. Not smooth. Do you do you know anyone that would take this bet? <laughs> How will we find out? I don't know. You're gonna tweet her. Do you, do you have like a baking bookie or something. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll take that bit okay <laughs> all right so i get the top two here in second place is kimberly so paul said it's quite neat at the sides mary said that you could definitely see the three layers of the meringue and the two layers of filling so it had great definition paul appreciated that it had a nice good crunch it looked good and it was neat so not a lot of detail in the description, but it just looked like it was one of the better ones altogether put together. Yeah, right? when when they do kind of well, they don't really um, sometimes they don't criticize them or go over them that much. They're like, "You did great." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it. So in first place, whose is this? Whose is this? <laughs> There's who, only five bakers. Who, who is it? <laughs> okay, it's it Ruby. It's Ruby. Ruby. If you aren't keeping track, it's Ruby. <laughs> So it's, Ru- it can be hard to keep track of them. Okay. There's only five of them. All right. I know. Yeah. Right. So first place is Ruby. I just want to say that she made a few comments such as, it feels like the most complex technical so far and that she's not good at meringues. So this is classic <laughs> Ruby, right? Yep. But she's not good because she hasn't had an electric whisk until recently. Also, I'm sure that darn cat is eating up all her time. So. <laughs> Rupert, Rupert, Rupert yeah. yeah. Um, I think we noticed in previous episodes when they showed her in like her dorm room that she, she didn't have like um electricity. Like a, a mixer. 
Yeah, oh. she didn't have electricity. Yeah. And then in previous challenges where other like bakers used her like uh, electric mixer, she mm-hmm. did it by hand because she's like, I've never used one of those before. Mm. She probably had Rupert on a small bicycle and he was pumping <laughs> it and, and then the mixer was like plugged into the bicycle. Like Rupert was generating the electricity so she could. Rupert's talk. great. Yeah. He's the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Rupert or Star Baker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on to the judging. It was great. That's all we need to know, right? Yep, that's Paul, all. <laughs> so, so Paul said decent meringue, which is not, <laughs> which is that's not like high praise. So decent meringue, quite tough. It's got a bit of bite to it. It cracked all the way through, right? That the filling was holding well and the praline looked nice. So that's okay. That's good. And then Mary said good definition between the meringue and the filling all the way through. You could see the layers, similar to Kimberly. And then Paul wrapped it up with the meringue is crispy enough and the flavor is excellent all the way down, which is kind of repetitive. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. Good enough for first place. <laughs> right? Yep. Good job, Ruby. Yeah. Ruby and uh, Rupert. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, after the technical, they kind of talk about like standings. They said uh, everybody who did well in the signature did not do well in the technical. It was one of those classic reverse situations where mm-hmm. somebody did not well in one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said Ruby had a blip in the, the signature, um, I guess because uh, it was underproved and underbaked on the inside. However, she is first in the technical, so she kind of saved herself. Uh, they say Francis is kind of in the middle, Christine's kind of in the middle, except for Christine did last in the technical not good uh, mm-hmm. she did okay in the she did okay to good in the signature mm-hmm. and becca is very middle i think she did okay in the signature and okay and but well, she got fourth place in the technical everyone's kind of like it's no one's doing well on both and no one's done like the worst on both so everyone's you know like like always it goes down to the showstopper let me ask you a question okay do you think that, or do we know, do all of the rounds carry the same amount of weight? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think the showstopper carries like more weight. More, Yeah, definitely more because they have to spend more time on it and they have a whole day of the showstopper. I think the showstopper is carried evenly with the signature and the technical are like, let's say, yeah, signature and technical, let's say are like five points. And I think the showstopper is like five points. So you think that the first two are the same? They're they're judged the same two point five points per se. Yeah, and those two combined are equal to the final round. That's what it feels like from watching the show. Okay. The final counts for a lot. Okay. And it, there's also like recency bias because when they're making their judgments, the the showstopper was the last thing that they had. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I mean, they literally still have the taste of the showstopper in their mouth, <laughs> and they're like deciding who to go home. So I think it counts for a lot. The showstopper is very important. Okay, all right. I was just curious about that. It seems yeah. like they put more weight to the showstopper, but yeah, definitely. Sometimes too much, maybe. <laughs> hmm. All right, uh, showstopper bake. So for the showstopper, the bakers are pushed out of their comfort zones, and they're asked to create novelty vegetable cake which must be dairy-free. So I had no idea what these were going to be. 
because when I thought of vegetable cake, I was like, what is that? <laughs> it's like a casserole. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what is that? Um, they said it could be a shoe. It could be a cat. <laughs> Rupert. Yeah, Rupert's a cat. Rupert yeah. on a bicycle. Yep. <laughs> I, that would win the, the whole show. <laughs> um, no milk. They get four hours. So Paul and Mary kind of talk for a bit. They say that uh, it's very traditional in these kind of cakes, vegetable cakes, that they use oil instead of butter. And uh, the vegetables also release oil. So the choice of vegetables that they use will be very important in how they use it. And that will be key in flavor and texture. Uh, Mary says she's looking for something beyond a carrot cake, which is uh, what two of the bakers make, it, which is a carrot cake. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, it wasn't just a carrot cake. They went beyond. Um, right. Yeah. So she said the main point of this was to push the bakers outside of their comfort zones because usually they're using butter. Usually they're using milk. Uh, not this time for a cake. Usually they're using things that taste good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I would... Uh, <laughs> I mean, out of curiosity, I would like buy these things, but I don't think like if I was like, man, I have a craving for a cake, I'm gonna go buy. Uh... Actually, I like carrot cake. That's it. Carrot cake's good. It is. Yeah, I I, I retract all my statements. Okay, I want to add one <laughs> thing. I want to add one thing. Yeah. I just want to say that they're tasked to make a 3D novelty. Cake. Oh yeah, a 3D <laughs> 3D novelty cake. Um, 3D. I... I glanced over that part because that word 3D means nothing to me. Right. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> Everything they make in the show is 3D. Like, I've never seen them make something 2D unless it was like a cookie or, a, you know, a biscuit. Like a very flat biscuit. Even a, a biscuit is kind of 3D if you think about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 3D. I, I don't know. Like, any kind of cake they make is automatically 3D already. Isn't it? Yeah. 4D. <laughs> I don't know. What's What's yeah. the fourth X dimension? Yeah, <laughs> it has to go into a different dimension. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go over to Becca. Okay. Uh, Becca is one of the bakers not doing a carrot cake. She uh, is being very creative and she's using butternut squash. She's making spiced butternut squash and pecan cheesecake with the cheese in quotations. Um, so it's a cheesecake because it's in the shape of a wooden board with a giant cheese on it. And I was like, okay, so yeah. when she was describing cheesecake before they showed the picture, I was like, oh, it's like a cheesecake. No, it's like, um, you ever see like Tom and Jerry and you see like a piece of cheese in that cartoon? Yes. It's like that. It looks like that. It does. Like, yeah. And it even has Swiss like cheese. Mice. Like a Swiss yeah, cheese. Yeah, Swiss cheese. Like yeah. a big Swiss cheese in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. There's like a tiny mice all around it. There's a kind of cool mice at the bottom that's like picking his head into it, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. So design points for her. Yeah, they, the mice are made out of fondants. What kind uh, of fondant is she using? Let's talk about that. Bought, she bought the fondant. Ready-made fondant. Ready-made fondant. I think uh, a couple of them use ready-made fondant here, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, two, she was hanging out. She was hanging out with my boy. And who's that guy? In Weezer. <laughs> yeah, she was hanging out with him. He's like, you know, if you use ready-made fondant, you save a lot of time. <laughs> okay, and do you remember the stank face that Mary gave her? <laughs> Yeah, um, I yeah, have to bring that really, up. They didn't really dock her on using ready-made fondant. They might have made mm. a comment on it, but they didn't really dock them. No, no. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so yeah, it's ready-made fondant. Um, saves a lot of time if you just buy it and bring it. I guess. 
Um, he also admits to us that uh, she's been she's she's kind of winging this. She's channeling her inner Ruby. Yeah, her and Ruby have been hanging out with Rupert apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever, we we're just gonna wing it. So yeah, she's gonna wing it. When the kick actually comes out, it looks really cool. It does. Um, it does. It looks cool. It looks like a straight out of cartoon, a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Uh, the judges like the design right away. They're simple but effective. Um, the design is very sharp. So a lot of points to the design. However, when they actually taste the cake, uh, the judges are kind of harsh on her. They said there's no flavor. There's a ginger aftertaste, but uh, it's very bland. And they kept stressing how bland and how unflavorful the cake was. And it got so bad that uh, like um, at one point Becca apologized for the taste of the cake inside. Mm. Paul seemed so offended mm-hmm. that there was no flavor. So I think this, I mean, it seems like she did very poorly because she bought her fondant, and that was the best part of the cake was the design, and the taste of it was non-existent. So I think that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yep. Bad. Bad. Carrying on the bad, we have Christine. she made a sweet potato guitar with passion fruit icing and marshmallow fondant handmade homemade marshmallow fondant nice i'm just adding so it's an electric guitar shape and it's gonna have fresh pineapple in it Uh, she let us know that she's made it twice and both times it's come out really good so she doesn't foresee any problems she does Admit though, it's quite a dense cake, sort of like a bread yeah. pudding texture. Yep. And then they kind of have a uh, judges talk about who's the best guitarist, and they decide on between Brian May and Jimmy Page. Yeah. So it is interesting that she's creating her own fondant <laughs> from scratch by yeah. I think melting she should down get marshmallows. You should get points for that. Just saying. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, I, I see you. I see you here. Okay, so she tells us that you know it feels like it's a quite important bake for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really enjoyed it. She thinks that her cake came out superbly, better than she's ever made at home, <laughs> <laughs> and she's pretty confident that Paul and Mary are gonna like this cake, right? Right. And then when she brings it out, it's got some flashing lights on it. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty lit. I guess it's lit, it's a right? lit cake. Yeah. It's somewhat. <laughs> I was like, are those flashing lights? Yes, yeah. they are. Okay. So Mary says that she likes the simplicity. She likes the way that she shaped it herself. It's very effective. And then Paul drops the hammer and says, it's too bland, which is not good. Mm. Is too bland better or worse than no flavor? Um... I think better i don't know they're kind of both bad both bad okay yeah so he says he likes chewiness the sweetness he, he likes basically the outside but he doesn't like the inside yeah right and yeah christine says there's quite a lot of spice in it but paul's not getting it right yeah it just yeah, doesn't yeah. over he wants it to overwhelm him and he's not getting it so he thinks she should have picked one flavor point and had that run through the whole cake or the bake, but it it just wasn't there. And then Mary said, it had there been more icing, that would have helped. <laughs> but I think Paul would have still called her out on the inside of the cake, right? Yeah. If she had more spice in it, that would have been better. 
and Paul just reiterates that he does not get the passion fruit. It does not come through. So Christina was very surprised too because I think she thought she had a winner on her hands. I think I think so too. It's yeah. very sad to see that happen. Yeah. Like when they know they do bad and they get a bad judging, you know, that's what it is. But when they think they did well and they get a bad judging, and it's uh yeah, that's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of rough, <laughs> <laughs> next we have Francis. Uh, Francis is making a hidden carrot cake. So um, she makes a cake and then she hides it. They had to find it. No, that's not what happened. That would have been cool though. I would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Where is so, it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is it in your hat? And I would have taken off all that. Never wears <laughs> what? Hat. <laughs> okay, know. where is this going? I'm a magician now. <laughs> um, so it's actually a pot. She makes it in the shape of a pot. And then once you cut into it, you can see a carrot hidden in the pot. Um, very cool. The design is very cool. Very characteristic of Francis. Like Becca, she also uses ready-made fondant. Um, I mean, her bakes look really good. With a lot of decorations, she made like a kind of like edible garden around the pot, but um, everything was made out of ready-made fondant. She did not make her own pots, the little pots. Yeah, she didn't make those pots. It was yeah, she kind of just bought it. Hmm. She's like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So let's get to judging. Okay. Um, during judging, the judges say that. Uh, she spent a lot of time making decorations. And even while she was like doing her bake, they were concerned that she was spending too much time on decor instead of the actual taste of the carrot cake itself. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, you spent a lot of time doing decorations. Let's cut into this cake and see if it's any good. They cut into it, took a bite, and Pa immediately says it's dry, that the cake is too dense, and somehow the cake is bitter. So uh, yeah, they tell her that you spent too much time again on the style. You didn't spend time on the substance. Um, the actual substance, which is carrot cake, did not taste good. It was dry. The cake looked good, but you used ready-made fondant. And uh, yeah, that's pretty rough for uh, Francis. Although, I mean, if she she put all of her like weight into the decorations, mm -hmm. some of it which she bought, and then the actual taste wasn't good. It is a uh, at the I thought Francis had Francis has kind of progressed beyond the point of like doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because she she's been better about the substance over. I mean, the style over substance thing. And this showstopper was definitely a style over substance. Yeah, she reverted back a little bit. Yeah, it, it was a it was a rough judging, and they uh, they I mean that's definitely her storyline this whole season, and they definitely commented on that and told her like. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, up next we have Kimberly. Will the tides have turned? We're going to find out. <laughs> Kimberly's making a butternut squash and spice cake toadstool house, which is going to be flavored with spices, maple syrup, and a non-dairy buttercream surrounded by ready-made fondant decoration. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this was cool because it was inspired by her childhood. It's a cake that her mom made for her brother when she was little. And at the time, Kimberly was quite small and 
fascinated by it. So she wanted to make something that was a tribute to those memories. So I thought that that was really nice. When it came down to judging, Paul said that he thinks it looks great. It's very detailed, which he likes. It's very precise. Mary said it's the texture that you expect from butternut squash and pumpkin. They're always very moist and quite close textured and that the flavor was good. And it's, she said that's good that she had the icing on it because the actual cake is not sweet. So it sounds like it was a good balance. So Paul follows up that the filling was good and it kind of balances all out, which kind of reiterates what Mary was hinting. He said it's baked full of flavor and the spices blend really well in with it as well. So. It seems pretty good. He said it was executed perfectly. It looks good, and the bake inside, it's excellent. So I'm not sure you could get much better than that, right? Yeah, I can relate it really well. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. But uh, who also did well? Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> so Ruby is a second carrot cake. She makes a carrot cake from pistachio garden plots. It sounds delicious. Carrot cake and pistachios. Um, her cake is in the shape of a pot. And uh, she makes a shed. The shed is made out of uh, dark chocolates and has a praline roof. It's very cool. Um, Ruby says that she's challenging herself. She's trying out new techniques in decorating because she hasn't been much of a decorator in the past. And uh, yeah, she's doing construction work for the first time in one of her bags. Mm -hmm. And uh, she chooses a great time to uh, do this and excel at it. <laughs> because uh, during judging, the judges like it very much. Um, even though she's not a tidy baker, um, the, the chocolate work that she does is very good. It's a very, Mary says it's a very clever roof. Uh, Mary comments that the nuts are, the paley nuts are big. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, um, very on brand for Mary there. Uh, Paul says he's very impressed. The chocolate work is incredible. Um, yeah, and uh, it's very detailed, very, very detailed bag, and they're impressed about how she kind of like, they haven't seen this from Ruby before, so they're impressed by it. And then I forgot to mention one part was kind of funny, is when uh, Ruby was kind of like um, mixing a bowl. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, she, she mixed it so hard that she broke the bowl. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Do you think she has like, crazy mixing strength because she never had an electric mixer so she just developed muscles from like mixing herself it was really rupert under the cabinet riding the bike and he was riding too hard <laughs> yeah. he was pedaling too hard she called herself the incredible hulk yeah or is rupert the incredible mouse <laughs> um yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's ruby very good they're very impressed with how she like uh I guess like opposite of Francis, Ruby has uh, shown a whole new dimension of her baking to the judges, which is very impressive. Okay. Let me ask you this, though. Okay. After I make a comment. That thing was crooked. She even it, said... It was, it was she, meant to be crooked. She, it was not meant to be crooked. She even <laughs> said that the shed was about to fall apart. But like in real life, that's what shed, sheds look like. It, it has like a rustic like look to it. No, I th think that the idea of a shed gives you leeway for like your your designs. No, that's like when you say I'm gonna make a monster cake and you can make it whatever you want because nobody knows what a monster looks like. Yeah. 
Just from another dimension. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess you have a point. I didn't think about that. I thought it looked really rustic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, that means you usually go home. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. what that means. I, it's, in my lo- it's in my notes here. It's lopsided. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe it does have something to do with the way that it's supposed to look, but I don't yeah. think she did that on purpose. I mean, some of the sightings were like crooked, yeah. but she doesn't get called on it. I think it's because she just set the bar so low <laughs> like every yeah. week that when she does something, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't great, but I feel like she's not getting called out on some of the things some of the other people have done. <laughs> So after the after the glowing reveal that she got, um, she says that she can finally say something positive about herself, or she's right. saying something positive about herself, which gives her a bit of confidence. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's the storyline with her. Like each figure kind of has like a storyline. Yeah, yeah. And Ruby's is definitely like no confidence to confidence, and the Francis is like style over substance. Right. Uh, I don't know what the other three are. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, those are two evidence. Two most evident storylines this season. Yeah, I'm not hating on her. I like her. I think she's baking some really good stuff. But yeah, I'm just not sure that I just this particular episode. I wasn't sure that the judging was quite. The judging was fair. consistent. Yeah. D- yeah. Did you? I mean, especially with the ready-made pundits, that's where I feel like they should automatically like spend a lot of time criticizing that. Yeah, there's you some, can't just buy what you kind of use. There's some things that we've seen, you know what I mean, that are a little yeah. inconsistent, like you said. So. Yeah. Okay, I just want to say that. All right, so um, we get to the judging table. They're talking about who's doing well, and uh, I think similar to last episode, the ones that are doing well are Ruby and Kimberly. And they've been doing well like a lot recently. Those two specifically. Yeah. I don't think they've been in trouble the last couple of episodes. Whereas this time, all the other bakers are in trouble. Uh, Becca, Francis, and Christine are all in trouble. Yes. So I think I had Christine to win and Becca going home. That was the yeah. picks. And uh, before they go, you know, before the decisions. Okay, let's, let's just announce Star Baker right away. It's Ruby. Ruby Star Baker. <laughs> okay. Um, let's add to your confidence boost. Let's give her some confidence. Uh, good job, Ruby. <laughs> And then uh, before they announced who was going to go home, I I thought it was going to be Becca. I did too. I yeah, did it too. It felt like it was Becca based on the comments. I felt like, not just because I picked Becca to go home, but <laughs> right. I felt like Christine may have done a little bit of a better job, but I don't know. I mean, we don't get to taste it, so I guess that has a big, Yeah. I mean, that has a lot to do with it, right? Yeah, so yeah, um, they announce who's going home, and very emotionally, Christine is going home. Yeah. Um, everybody reacts to it. It's tough to see her go. Christine says she's learned a lot. Uh, this is the best thing she's ever done in her life by a mile. And uh, she hasn't had a boring life, so that means something. <laughs> yes. Christine must have been like an adventurer when she was younger. Or... Just in general. Yeah. She says she hadn't had a boring life. But yeah, I mean, it's sad to see her go. Yeah. It is. It is. I, I wanted yeah. her to get to the end. Yeah. But yeah, she's a very solid baker. And uh, I mean, she's very impressive. Uh, Christine. If only she would have just bought the inside of her cake. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that was the key. <laughs> yeah. If only she was friends with Weather. He's like, hey, let me tell you a secret about timing. <laughs> Christine is using ready-made cake. <laughs> Do they have ready-made cake? Christine went to a patisserie and spent a hundred dollars on a cake. She's spending the next three hours talking to the judges. <laughs> she's making her own marshmallow fondant, but she's using ready-made cake. <laughs> and that is the episode. Shall we go into the segment? Let's do it. What was your funniest moment in the episode? Okay, I have two of them. Both of them have to do with editing, and both of them have Ruby. You talked about one of them, so let's talk about that one first. It's when Ruby first broke her glass bowl. Yep. And then the next clip of Ruby, they show her, and she's using a metal bowl. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that was good. And then the other time was when they were talking about the vegetable cakes and when Mary had said, you know, they've probably made a carrot cake before, but they need to think beyond that. And then they show, yeah. they show Ruby grating carrots. Like right after that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's some good editing. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, good job, editors. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, mine is the spelt. Yeah. Spelt five minutes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you have a spelt five minutes left. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, this is going to be kind of hard, our next segment. What was your favorite bake of the episode? <laughs> what would you want to eat from this episode? I wanted Christine's tin can. <laughs> I wanted to try that uh, the stuff they bought from the store. Yeah. I'm going with the, the pots. <laughs> no. I think I would, even though it was dry, I'm yeah. going to go with the garlic pesto and parma ham spelt loaf from Kimberly. That's that's my pick too. Yeah, I like savory. Yeah, yeah, that look good. good. Yeah, garlic, got that garlic. Give me that garlic. Yeah, I'm not no vampire. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Next week, semi-final. Only two episodes left. Yeah. Who is Star Baker next week? I feel like the judges are getting in the way of my picks. Let me just say that. <laughs> The judges? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ones who actually have to pick people are getting in the way of your picks? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So since Becca beat out Christine, I'm going to go Becca for the win. And I'm going to say Francis going home. Ooh, Although, Freca. Yeah. We're dividing up Freca. Yes. This is this yeah. is the time to do it. So you think it's going to be Kimberly, Ruby, and uh, Becca in the the final sure <laughs> i mean they're they're I, all good yeah they're all good right now i haven't so. been picking well this season for some reason like normally i i feel like i'm there, pretty... there's no there's no chat now for you to pick yeah <laughs> okay good point <laughs> thanks for reminding me <laughs> right we're, all right we're well, gonna find out we're gonna find out um that is the end of the episode stay tuned next time for a very exciting recap of the semi-final. Isn't it called French Week? What? It's called French Week. French Week? Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there. We will catch you next week. Take care. 